What is up, everybody? Joe Sib here with you and my co-host, Anaya Bogue. We're kicking off Rad Parenting. I uh, got to let everyone know if you hear me sniffling or sneezing, uh, Anaya can tell you right now, I have the worst case of, I guess, spring allergies yeah. right now. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, and we and where you guys can't see this, but we are basically um, on my backyard has all these oak trees, so it's just like pollen central. So if I start sneezing on the show or if I start sniffling, it's because I have these allergies, and we're gonna leave it in the show so you can really feel like you're here with you're us. You're here with us in my living room while the studio that we've been talking about is yep. it's almost done. Did you, when you walked in today, did you see? I, well, I noticed that they've moved from outside to inside. Yeah. So that's a good Yeah, they're putting sign. skylights in there. Woohoo! Yeah. Love it. So it'll be cool. And uh, we've been talking about this too. We'll be doing, because people have asked us this, hey, are you guys ever going to do like a YouTube page uh, and Facebook stuff, which we've talked about that. So we'll be able to set up a lot of video recording and you'll be able to see Anae and I and watch us just flail through each one of these episodes. <laughs> I, it, I literally said to you, like while I was pushing the button on recording, like, will it all turn out all right? Like, yeah, parent- is it all going to be okay? And yeah. please tell me that all of this is going to be worth it. Gosh, you guys, I think one of the reasons I started this show is because I get to sit down with Anea each and every week and really run all of the issues I'm going through with my own kids. Uh, and and I, I feel like, Anea, that I should write you a check. I seriously <laughs> do. Well, it'd be nice if you did one of these days, yeah, but yeah. hopefully it's a check for both of us. Yeah, but no, but I feel like, you know, becoming friends with you, I've been able to just sometimes talk to you, like even this morning going through, you know, everything with my son, like, mm-hmm. I was, you know, have you ever had one of those mornings where like, you know, you, like we, you know, of course you got up late and the carpool is going to be there and I'm trying to be cool and, you know, get everything go, but I'm trying to have the caffeine that I drink, you know, because I've been up for two hours, not uh-huh. just come out and be like, get out of bed now. <laughs> what have you been doing? I have to be cool. Like, Hey, buddy, yeah. <laughs> they're going to be out front in you know, 20 minutes. They're going to be out front in 10. They're out front. And yep. he's still sitting in his chones, just laying there. Um, but, uh, Today it was like I ironed his shirt. I ironed, you know. He's like, "Dad, can you iron my shirt?" He was super. Which cool. P.S. I love that he comes to you and asks you to iron his shirt and oh, not really? his mom. I do. Yeah. I, I think that's a sign of you. You two have done a like, and you probably need to hear this today because you're feeling <laughs> like I suck as a parent. Um, I think that it says a lot that uh, that would be something that he would that would just be his automatic because it speaks to you and Karen, not parenting with like n- super narrowly defined gender roles. Where well, of course I go to mom for ironing. I'm yeah. gonna ask my dad if I need some trash taken yeah, out. I think what I'd really like to have happen is just him go, hey, I ironed my shirt. I ironed my shirt. Check well, that's out. the goal, yes. But the fact that he sees you do it, and, and we can't underestimate that, you know, to me, and we need to always remember this as a as parents, you know, being on center stage, is that uh, we as human beings learn more and more sticks from what we see in other people, like the the modeling, than uh, anything anybody tells us, anything any you know we, we read about. Um, so I think you're doing... Thanks. Good job on that Thank front. you. Yeah. Of course, though, after I ironed his shirt and lint rolled his pants that he was wearing <laughs> and made him his lunch and got everything together and put it in his backpack for him and mm. fully was like, hey, man. You're doing you too know, much, Joe. Yeah. You know, because I was like, hey, I'm going to help you out because you're running late. Uh, of course, when he went out the door, I was like, hey, I'll walk you to the gate. He's like, I don't need you. And I was like, really? You don't need me? Because really? everything you're wearing, you needed me to handle right there. And what, you're, what you're about to eat, bro, uh, I made for you. Yeah. And that, oh, that sandwich that you'll eat at noon? Like, oh, you didn't need me Do you want to like grab his shirt and wrinkle it up? No, but- no. You know, <laughs> Yes, you did. No, just, yeah. just wanted to throw a bunch of cat hair on his pants. On your way. Gosh. So with all that said, it was one of those mornings- 
uh, that all of you guys have. And just wanted to share that moment with you that as much as we host a parenting podcast, uh, and it's called Rad Parenting, I sometimes feel that I am such not a rad parent at all. <laughs> just be bad parenting with Joe Sib. Alone. There you go. No Anea. <laughs> Just Joe. We've changed the R to a B. Yeah. This is bad parenting. Oh, oh my All right. Gosh. Uh, I want to jump right into it. Uh, and this is an episode that we've received quite a few emails on. Interestingly enough. And and we've decided to finally tackle it. Mm-hmm. And I think it was the last um, email I got over this past week. And it's a simple topic, but totally complex. But it's also a topic that I feel all parents at some point go, how am I going to handle this one, is talking about death. Mm. And when I bring up the topic of death, uh, I'm not, it's not so much today about, you know, hey, where do we go? What do you believe? Religious beliefs, because, mm-hmm. you know, everyone has their own personal opinions. It's really about just the idea that a life that your son or daughter that loves so much, mm-hmm. whether it's the family cat, whether it's the family dog, grandma, a relative, or gra- sure. Grandma or grandpa, uh, whether it's a close friend, whether mm-hmm. it's an aunt, an uncle, someone, maybe it's tragic. Maybe it's like they were here one moment and they're gone. Mm -hmm. We've been getting emails um, from different people. And some of them are super touching because there has been someone that's passed away. Mm -hmm. And they're wondering, you know, how can I frame this conversation? And I use that word a lot on the show. Uh, You guys know, framing. Mm -hmm. Um, How do we frame this conversation with our children Mm -hmm. when it's happening? Mm -hmm. Um, The questions I kind of have for you today, today, Anaya, is... A, the number one question from everyone is, how soon can I talk to my son or daughter about death? Oh, in terms of age. Of age. Mm-hmm. So that's the first one we're yep. going to tackle. Um, secondly, um, the difference between, um, say, grandma or grandpa suddenly passed away. Yeah. So that's very heavy on yep. someone. Um, versus the tragic, mm-hmm. they were here one moment, yep. they said, hey, I'm going to see you later today, yep. and now they're gone. That that conversation. So, so there's kind <clears> of a... <throat> The thing that I'm looking for today is a broad stroke mm-hmm. in this particular episode of just when, how, and the framework of setting up that a life's going to end. Yeah. Okay. So, and let me just preface this uh, by saying that uh, um, these are all things that are the things that I'm going to say today. And I do understand that this is a, a subject that can be, I mean, it's obviously really loaded with a lot of, you know, emotional feeling, um, you know, contemplating our own death, the death of somebody that we love is not a, an easy thing to do. Um, and um, just know that these things are, are rooted in both my parenting experience um, and my opinion. And, and so as, as always with rad parenting, you know, we are, we're hopeful that there'll be like one thing that you'll take away, but certainly our approach is never whatever Joe and Anaya say, like, this is the way we must do it. It's a a very, very, and especially this, this is a very personal topic Absolutely. to your point. A lot of people wrap up religious beliefs in that. Um, and, uh, so I think, I think where I would start in terms of, I think the first one was age. And I think with all things, we take cues from our kids about when they're ready. And in, with the, in the case of of death, I think frequently what dictates how early we start talking to our children about that is, has there been an experience of death to even put it on their radar? From some of the emails, the emails that we're receiving, mm-hmm. and I'll just give out the email address, mm-hmm. because, uh, radparenting at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. From the emails that we're receiving right now, it is, uh, it's it's generally, one of the emails was somebody that had passed away mm-hmm. tragically, mm-hmm. quickly, which was super sad. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them are grandma and grandpa. Yeah. 
Okay. You know, grandma's so, passed away and now you right. have a three-year-old, a four-year-old. Yeah. So let's start there because yeah. I can actually speak to that directly because my, my with daughter, it, yeah. so my grandfather, my paternal grandfather, who I was very close to, um, died actually uh, within days of me finding out that I was pregnant with my oldest daughter. So that means like 21-ish years ago already. Mm-hmm. Um, but because he had such a presence in my life... Um, it was interesting for the first, especially the first few years of her life. I mean, I still spoke of him like he was around. Like I, even though she, he was somebody that she had never met, never would meet. And so we would, we often, as and many of parents can probably relate to this, some of our best conversations, even today, still happen when we're in the car. So she'd be sitting in her little car seat. This is like she was two or three years old. And she asked about, we called him Gigi because Ukrainian background. And she would say, well, where, where did Gigi go when he died? And I said to her, and this is the one thing I am going to say very, like this is, yes, it's an opinion, but I feel quite strongly about this. When you are talking about, when your kids are asking questions that either have many answers or answers that are uh, rooted in a belief system of some sort, especially a religious belief system, I personally think it's extremely important to say, well, we don't know for sure but what I believe is, or what I think is. And the reason that that's so important is because, as all of you know who are listening, I come from a place as a parent of wanting to raise children who can think and be in the world of their own accord, who can make their own decisions. And I personally have very strong beliefs about not indoctrinating our children, but encouraging them to think for themselves and come to their own set of beliefs. So even as it applies to religion, my wish for my children would be that I would expose them to a variety of options. And when they are old enough to choose, because in order for it to be a choice, they have to have seen that there were multiple options, that they can make an informed choice about what speaks to their heart, their soul, their mind, whatever. So, so. You, so what you would say is, hey, am I, in, in, what I believe. That's right. And that's what I would what say. I think. You know what? You Nobody in, really knows yeah. for sure. That's what you would say. But yes. But another parent, you know. Might say, yeah. here's what happens. I was raised, I was raised a Catholic, Catholic. or I was, and here's, yeah. here's what Here's that, what happened to grandpa. That's or here's right. what happened to grandma Rose. I okay. believe ABC. And okay, I with like that, that, even in those circumstances, what I would encourage you to do is say, well, you know, our family is Catholic and here's what we believe. Here's yeah. the and even that is okay, but I think we have to be very careful about speaking in definitives because what we ultimately set our kids up for when we try to speak something as a uh, irrefutable truth and then they get to an age where they're like, "Huh, wait a minute, you always talk to me like this was just self-evident and I'm finding out now that I can think for myself that it's not and but you led me to believe. I just think it's really important. So let me just say that as yeah. kind of like the frame, you know, that's the, the framing. That's foundation right. right there. Totally get okay. it. Okay. So what I would say to my daughter is that I believed in um, the life force energy that is in all things, in all living beings, creatures, whatever. And that when uh when my grandfather, her great-grandfather died, that I believed that that life force energy that was moving through him ultimately continued to move like around the planet or the universe or whatever you want to say, and would, um, you know, that helps the birds to sing and fly and that helps the flowers to grow. And because that's very much how I experienced. The other thing that I told her was that, you know, in the last, you know, as I got older, um, I saw my grandfather less. Certainly when I ultimately moved to California, I saw many of my family members 
very infrequently. But I said to her, even when, when he was still alive and I didn't see him, he was always with me because I would think about the things that he taught me. And really what I was trying to inspire her in her, and I see it now that she's an adult, is a sense of um, a cyclical way of thinking about all things, including life, meaning uh, that we have an awareness of there not being these definitive endings, but that things go on, you know, in terms of um, just life force energy being being endless. And now that can be sounds super complex, but there are ways of saying that. Like I did, I would be like, well, that you know, I believe that Gigi helps the birds to sing and the flowers to grow. Yeah, because you're the- just basically the, the, what you were uh, comfortable sharing with your daughter at that point mm-hmm. is his energy uh, recirculates through the earth. That's right, and it regenerates uh, positive. And, and, and exactly. you're saying the birds. The wind, he's always the stars. with us. Yes. I love it. And right. the other way he's with us is in our memories. Like in the same way that when you're just, I don't have to be with my parents all the time, just like my girls don't have to be with me to be thinking about me or to be thinking about something I've taught them. And so also I wanted her to understand that the things, the gifts that a person brings to our life are not only with us when they're standing in front of us in their physical form, but that those things that they share with us about themselves, they teach us, are with us for a lifetime. And so in that way, they go on living. I love it. Us. I love it. Um, now I'm going to go to the nitty gritty because mm-hmm. some of the questions I'm just I'm just going through what yeah. I've read from our listeners. Okay. Sure. Uh, hey, Grandma died. What happens to her body? Mm-hmm. That's a big question. What yeah. happens to her body? Sure. Why? You know, and you know, kids, you know, might go to a funeral at yeah. a certain age, or they, you know, there's a um, cremation stuff yeah. like that. So you know, what happens to her body? Yeah. Uh, where is she right now? Mm-hmm. What happens to what happens to every you know the grandma I used right. to hug? Where's that person? Yeah. Well, you're, these are tough questions. I'm just Joe. going by. No, but that's know. exactly that's what you can see. Like that's what a child would say is, well, where where did where did her body go? And for all, for all the parents, I got to interrupt you really quick because yeah. one of the things that I've realized that whenever my son or daughter asked me a super tough question like hey so grandpa is you know grandma's rose passed away dad mm-hmm. so like what happens to her body and where is it at now mm-hmm. i always find myself when i don't have the answer going what happens to her body where is it now i know where is her body right now like i'll just keep saying it <laughs> to the point where they're like dad you've said that like five yeah, that's times. the question dad <laughs> that is the question so with that okay. said so again, I, I I would I would come again reinforcing and and let me just side note for just a moment. There was a time when people had multiple generations living in one house. The beauty of that, as much as we're like, wow, I can't imagine having to live with my whatever, my my parents, my in-laws. The beauty of of growing up in that setting was that all day long between different generations passing on, animals being born, dying on the farm or whatever, is that there was a constant awareness of this cycle of life where we have now come to be so disconnected from death um, and even birth for that matter. Like we've totally medicalized and pathologized pregnancy and childbirth. You know, it can only happen in a hospital. And we we talk about it as though like we, we put women in a hospital with sick people instead of it being like, you know, well, she's going there to have a baby. Like it's awesome. And this is amazing, you're right? You're right. You're right. And so there is a disconnect right now with death. There is a disconnect. If there's with- a disconnect from life, there's, or from death, there's a disconnect from life. Yeah. Because there's a, also a beauty in having our children be aware of their being quote unquote ends 
you know, that ultimately I think we would do our children a great service to teach them about the cyclical reality of the universe, you know, looking at the seasons. I had the great benefit growing up in a place, you know, up in Canada where we had very distinct seasons. And although I took it for granted, us having a garden, us seeing like, okay, now it's time to plant the garden. Now it's time for us to harvest the garden. Now it's time for us to till it all up so that the soil will, you know, rejuvenate through the winter months, blah, 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 and be ready for next year. I understood that there was this ongoing cycle. Whereas when we we um, have live in places where we don't have that exposure. When we are so far from the source of our food, whether it's plants or animals, we are unaware of that, and we start to see life and death in in as in sort of a more final way. Um, and I think that that is um, unfortunate. First of all, I think it makes us seize life much less you know, like, oh my gosh, I have to make the most of every day. I mean, who knows when death could come? Um, And then also in terms of death, I think it makes death less scary when you think of it. And I'm not saying that we tell them this to make it more comfortable, but I think that the reality of death as just a part of this life cycle, you know, birth, death, rebirth, um, is a much more healthy, truthful way to raise our children than to want to just sugarcoat death or just completely stay away from the topic. So just to summarize what you're saying, Mm -hmm. and you say this a lot in our episodes, is that there's a lot of teachable moments, Mm -hmm. possibly, that can lead up to the question, what happened to grandpa and grandma, or when someone passed away, a loved one passed away, that you're saying that we can actually use with the seasons with uh, gardens that exactly. we plant. And even here in LA, you know, I know we don't have any seasons, but what you're saying is like, hey, in October, uh, the tomato plant that we yes. started in June doesn't look the same. That's and use right. that as an opportunity to start, I hate to use this analogy, but planting the seed that it, things begin and things end. And, and okay. then they begin again in new ways. So even if you were talking about a death, you'd be like, you know, the whole idea, but this person lives on in me. And now I'm taking what he or she, my grandma or my grandpa taught me, and I'm sharing that with you. And in, in that in that way, there is sort of this rebirth of their their time on the planet, their the teachings, their you know, blah blah blah. So Can now, ask, what happens okay. to the body is what I haven't gotten to yet, okay. and I think so. As part of that thinking and that whole approach to death, I think that there's nothing wrong with saying, for example, if a person is being buried, her body or his body is going to go back into the earth. The reason that we bury people is because we believe that they came, they were of the earth, and we put them back into Mother Earth to do what all things do when they die. When leaves fall off the tree in the fall, we first see them on the ground. Eventually, those leaves start to um, uh, disintegrate, go back into the soil, nourish the soil, and help new plants grow the next season. So in that way, it's this idea of like, now literally, grandma's body body or grandfather's body is going to help. Like, look at all the the beautiful flowers around their grave or whatever. Cremation, of course, is a little more difficult, but there's also some really powerful stories around that too. Like, you know, grandma or grandpa wanted to have their body cremated. What that means is basically it goes into this special fire that, you know, brings the body down into ash because it was really just a a vehicle for their beautiful soul or life force energy. Spread, spread, yes. And we're going to... Exactly. Exactly. To be put back into the earth or back into the ocean or whatever, or we keep it on the mantle to remind us of, of, you know, whatever the deal is, I think that there's a way. And like all things, just like having the, the, you know, there's some few categories of difficult conversations in parenting, right? We would talk about, you know, I always say with with a conversation around sex, 
context, your tone and the energy that you bring to it is going to cue to your kid, oh, this is a normal, healthy conversation. It's okay for me to ask questions. My mom doesn't look scared when she's talking to me, so maybe this isn't something I have to be afraid of. The same thing applies to death. Okay. Firing another one at you right now. Pulling it straight from the email. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mom, dad, are you going to die? Oof. Yep. So... So we're waiting to see if Mika's going to bark yeah, again. <laughs> yeah. Just so you guys do, I have a little Frenchie in the background. Anna and I both just looked at each other like, is Uh-oh. the dog going to bark? <laughs> With that said, yeah, let's so, go into it. Mom, dad, are you going to die? So yes, someday someday I am. And you know, my eight-year-old is very much at that stage of like, mama, I don't ever want you to die. And and you know, I always say like, you know, we never know when, but I don't think I'm going anywhere anytime soon. And you know... Um, I'm I'm always with you. So you're fine with just saying yes. I am going to pass. I yes, am someday, die at some of point. course. Okay. Because anything else, and it's also about the tone. And I think that there's an opportunity to be like in the same way that I've always told you that, like you know, grandpa or grandma are still with us in all these other ways, not just by having pictures on the mantle or their ashes, but in like. Remember when I taught you how to do such and such? When I, we, we taught you how to fish, or I taught you how to put a. Now I'm thinking of my my father, but like I put a lure on a on a, a fishing hook. You know, Grandpa to- taught me how to do that, and so here I am. He's with us. He's I'm sharing what he taught me with you, and now you're going to take that forward. And so there's this whole idea of like, yes, my body is going to die, but my love for you and my presence in your life and your thoughts and the things that I've taught you, I hope will be with you forever. I love it. I love it. Everything you're saying makes makes sense. And you've really answered the, the top three questions that I had. I want to um, give you a, a, an experience that I went through with my daughter when she was about seven years old. Mm-hmm. One of my best friends passed away from cancer. Mm. And it was super, super heavy because it was the first time I was going through something like that yeah. with a friend that was my age. Yeah. And at the time, you know, first time being a father and my daughter, uh, Chess, really picked up on the whole thing that, wow, dad's super sad mm-hmm. because his, his friend passed away. And I remember I talked to a, a friend of ours and she was an older woman and I had told her what had happened. And I said, gosh, you know, I, I, I need to explain to my daughter, you know, what's going on. And she said, you know, everything you're saying, let her know, you know, how your friend was important to you and how he got sick and, mm-hmm. and now he's gone. And, and one of the things that she suggested is, you know, maybe your daughter might want to say or do something around the passing of your friend. And I was like, wow, you know, she never really knew him, but that might be kind of cool. And I'll never forget it. Um, uh, one day she came down in the morning and she said, hey, dad, um, I have something for Matt. And mm. I go, really? And she had written a letter to him. And it just said, like, I know you were good friends with my dad. He always talked about you. And he said that you ate a lot of fast food. You shouldn't have done that. (laughs) Straight up said that because this guy, like, we used to joke around. Like, he didn't eat anything with a fork and knife. It was just, like, fast food. Oh, my gosh. Teachable moment. Because we were in bands. You know, we were in bands. And, you know, he was on the road all the time. Great, great guy. Great guy. But, you know, one of the things I say to her over the years, you know, the guy always ate fast food. You know, Yeah. And uh, so she put that in there. But the thing that was so touching was she said, you know, I know that you've left this planet and, you know, I hope that your journey continues, uh, you know, love Chessa. And I remember I had that note and I didn't really know where to send it. And at the end I ended up, you know, keeping it and, and just as a momentum, a memento of Matt and this moment of a young child really putting in death into perspective. And I think the mailing of the letter kind of was like almost her, that was significant to her of like, 
I'm going to mail this yes. to him and then it goes to wherever he's so at. So I'm so happy that-, that you brought... Yes. So first of all, that's a beautiful story. Um, I think it, it it just reminds me again that I think that so many things that we teach our kids, I, I really believe that there's a window in those first eight or nine years where their ability to sort of... Um, be open to things that don't have to be so rigidly defined or, you know, I, I think it's- I feel there's more of an acceptance there, it, there when is. children are younger with these topics than almost when they get older. Yes. And it would make sense because you're influenced by friends and society yeah. and, and culture of, wow, death is maybe a heavy yes. experience. But when it's just really the germ of this little, you know, eight-year-old mind, they're yeah. like, yeah, of course things yes. end. Yeah, that's lunch, right. You know, and then we give them a ends, better foundation. Yeah. We give them a better foundation. So even as they start to process it on a more complex intellectual level, we've given them a foundation of at least not just having like sheer fear or being or having given them like you know overly simplified. Uh, I call them comfortable or convenient answers because we don't want to have to look at it. And I think that you know what. What the other thing I want to say about your story is that. Chessa just sort of organically created a little ritual act. And I think that that's the other thing that's important is, you know, we have rituals around life and death. And unfortunately, we don't have enough of them around, you know, puberty and rites of passage anymore. But this this is an opportunity to also say, like, you know, why don't we do something to recognize or celebrate grandpa's life or grandma's life or, you know, an uncle or whatever. And that was one of the reasons why when we decided to do today's show, I in my moments of research was like, I should bring that up because I wanted to share that with our listeners that even in a time that we were going through a passing of a friend, mm-hmm. maybe that could, that this particular way of writing a letter and having some sort of closure and mm-hmm. sending it off uh, might be something that someone could share with a grandma, a yeah. grandpa passing it away or an aunt and uncle or even a pet, you know, yeah. you know, I think that's one question that, I, I guess we could close on that. It, it, but it's, it, I feel like you really covered it already. But that is one thing that a lot of people, the first emails we were starting to get was mm-hmm. from people saying, you know, our family dog just passed yes. away, or our family cat yes. you know, left and we, it hasn't came yeah. back. So how do I deal with yeah. that? Yeah. Well, what not to do, I would say. Yeah, what's not to do. Let's do don't, some not to do. Don't do's. just like pretend the animal disappeared. You know, oh, it must have run away and it's just not don't coming back. Don't try to replace it with one that's similar or looking. Or try to replace it with <laughs> one that's similar. I mean, maybe with a fish, but you know, other than that, um, I don't know that it would work anyway. We but- did the fish thing with my daughter. Uh-huh. I swear we had a fish that lived for like... Like seven, five years easily. Wow! I, I just kept. I just, it would die, and I would just put a new oh, one in there. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I was be like, I don't yeah. think they live for that. Yeah, long. I just kept. I just kept going. Yeah, time long. to get a new one. Yeah, this looks. It looks like he's a little slow. Do we yeah. have the backup ready? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's just important. You know, let me just say that as a rule of thumb, you know, your your tone. The energy behind it. So, as always, the first the first uh, act is to get comfortable with it yourself. Do your own work around death, so that you will be better prepared. Because, of course, there's going to be a time when you're going to have to deal with it with your kids. So, your tone and your energy around the subject, which will be dictated by how much work you've done on your own programming and your own feelings around death, is really important. Um, and uh, and then creating opportunities for for ritual, and then listening to your kids and seeing, you know, what what do they need. Stay away from out and out lying to them or giving them, you know, easy, comfortable answers. Although, you know, some people might listen to what I say and go, well, that sounded pretty, pretty comfortable answer. But just try to be as honest as you can because otherwise we set them up for second guessing how honest we're willing to be with them. And once again, it goes back to teachable moments. Yeah. 
teachable moments. Hey, a uh, great episode. I'm glad we finally tackled that topic because with getting so many emails that we've gotten, it was time. It was time, you know. And I also feel with Rad Parenting, we come back to topics sometimes when we have other discussions about them or get more questions from you guys. And I got to thank you guys before we split so much for all of the emails. Once again, you can always go to radparenting at gmail.com. Hit us an email. Let us know what you guys um, have on your mind because a lot of the shows are driven by your questions, yep. your topics. Right. That's what and you guys whoa, want. whoa, whoa, whoa. And before you wrap anything up, I, I know that you are not going to do this on your own, <laughs> but I think it's really important that we let everybody know about your new record and oh. their opportunity to get it. Yes. Thank you, Anaya. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I, you saw it on vinyl. It looks Amazing. Amazing. I didn't know they could actually make records in red. Yes, I know. Uh, The thing that I feel about my comedy record is even if it's not funny, it looks great. Like it's so, (laughs) so nice looking. Is it funny? No. But can I have it in my house? Yes. It is also funny. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What ended up happening, uh, we actually are doing a pre-order for the record. And by the time this airs, you can, um, all all you have to do really, you guys, is just uh, text, uh, text rad parenting or was it no text parenting. parenting sorry yeah gosh just parenting text parenting to 31 31 31 text parenting to 31 31 31 and i will send you a link to get the record and the best thing about it is uh they pressed 250 of these on vinyl mm-hmm. and you can get it digitally as well but um we made uh free t-shirts so everyone that orders the record, yeah, and I'm not going to lie to you guys, I would be so stoked if you guys got the record. You can get it digitally from iTunes, or you can get it from, uh, you know, it's vinyl, the mm-hmm. whole thing. And I'll be going out on the road, so if you if you order the record, you get free tickets to come see me. Oh, nice. Yeah, Los Angeles, our friends in Denver, uh, Ontario. I'll be going up to San Francisco. Awesome. So if you pre-order the record, you get tickets to come see me do stand-up, which is super, super fun. And um, also, you get this free t-shirt that they made, and in the end, um, you guys getting my record. It means so much to me, and I'm really proud of it. Like I, you've heard it, it's, it's so good. Yeah, and it's, it's all about so good. Yeah, and it just so you guys know, like if you're listening to this because you're you know parenting and your parents, like my record is all about parenting. It is, yes. And the thing that's super cool about it too uh, that I didn't even realize is there's no swear words on it. And um, I uh, like people have been telling me like we listen to it with our yeah kids. you really don't swear you, it's a lot, a lot, that's why I love listening to Jim Gaffigan for the ah, same reason it. it's just like you always know and 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 Pythia actually said the other day we were watching him and she's like I usually don't get comedians but I totally get him and she would get your your yeah. your record too because it's talking about things she can play there you go to. yeah it's all about my kids it's all about uh, you know raising kids and how uh, I fought authority my whole life and now I am the authority and I'm just, just not good at it you guys as you know. <laughs> By listening to this show, hence the name Rad Parenting, and I get to co-host it with the real expert, Anea Bogue. So uh, if you guys want to try at that record, it would mean a lot. Just uh, text the word parenting to 313131, 31, and I'll send you the link on how you can get the record. All right, we are going to split. I want to thank you guys so much for listening to Rad Parenting. My name is Joe Sib. And Anea Bogue. And we are out of here. Late. Late.